When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Looking for a judgment-free zone? Are you looking for a host that's an open book? Do you want to discuss the things that we all face in real life with a heavy dash of motivation? Then you're in the right place. Welcome to the Let Me Touch You podcast. Let's get started. Here's your host, Barbie. Hey guys, how you doing? Welcome to Let Me Touch You Podcast. I am your host, Barbie. Welcome back. Welcome to season four. I want to thank all my returning listeners for tuning in once again and rocking out with me so far. To all my new listeners, welcome. If there's ever any time that you want to discuss any topics, I'm a DM away. If there's ever a time that you want to be on the show, also a DM away. Just hit me up and we'll make it happen. So today I have a great friend of mine who's joining me. It's been a long time coming. We've been trying to set this up for the longest and we're finally here. So today I have my friend Simpson. Simpson, say hello to everyone. How are we doing, everyone? Simpson and I, we go way back. We used to work together. He was my work husband. Then I left and, you know, he started cheating on me at work. But, you know, we're going to talk oh, about that uh, some other work, time. I, I was the work <laughs> husband slash bodyguard slash everything. <laughs> yes. And still to this day, he will still be my bodyguard. If I need him, he is just a phone call uh, away. Let's connect. Now it's time to connect. Let's connect. This week's clip is as follows. How can you hate a job that pays your bills but love a man who can't? She. <laughs> I don't even know what to say because she's right. I don't know. I don't know, guys. How can we hate a man? Hate a job that pays out bills, but love a man that can't. I don't know. Styles, have you ever loved someone that can't pay your bills? All right, you're so hating your job? Let's, let's address this from the standpoint of that young lady asked the question. So, so I'm going to answer her question. Yeah, because <laughs> I, I can't answer it right now. Maybe after listening to you, I can. I don't know. Go love ahead. has nothing to do with finances. Um companionship may have something to do with finances love has nothing to do with finances so you can love somebody that's not paying your bills you know um i'm in a relationship whereby i don't have a codependent i actually have somebody that's on level with me so we're doing it together so you know me i'm combative as a with respect to finances and love a little bit so um 
Yeah. Not every just because a job pays your bills doesn't mean I have to like it. Because I could be doing something, making a shitload of money, but hate what I do. You know. You know what? You're absolutely right. Exactly. Yo, I'm on a fucking roll. He's right. He he nailed it. Week after week. He nailed it. There's nothing else that I can say to describe it better. Now you're gonna have to say something. I need to argue. Say something. I really can't today. Finally, guys. Finally, no argument. Nah, it's week three. Week three. Every week I get you. No, not this week. Because for the I'm talking about every week. I'm right. No, I don't think so. I'm right every week. Uh huh. Um, as you guys saw, I usually have a response right away, and I didn't because I didn't know how to explain that. But you explained it correctly. Thank you. That's why I have you in my Let's Connect. You know, Let's Connect wouldn't be Let's Connect with ourselves. Week number three. He's counting. I'm not, and I'm sure you guys are not counting either. Moving forward. <laughs> So today, Simpson and I are going to discuss life after divorce. You know, a lot of people that I know, unfortunately, have been going through divorces. And it's something that I tell them it's not the end of the world. Unfortunately, no one gets married and wants to get divorced. But sometimes things happen and you just have to pick up the pieces and keep it moving. So Simpson, I'm going to ask you a few questions because I know you recently went through that. And him and I are just going to sit here. Him and I are going to sit here and discuss a few things. So Simpson and I are going to sit here and discuss a few things, a few do's and don'ts of life after a divorce, more or less from what he's gone through. And then I'll give you guys some pointers on things that I have seen my friends go through as well. So I'm going to ask you a few questions. Throughout these questions, if there's a question that you feel you don't want to answer, you don't have to answer it. <laughs> I'm not going to get too deep because, you know, at the end of the day, you're just going to see. Tell, you. <laughs> tell me, but tell the world. There's a difference, you know, when you and I are having hey. these conversations, but everybody else is a little different. Anybody who can grow and learn from what I've been through, I'm more than willing to share because more people will be easier to transition if they knew what I know. I love it. Okay. So you're, so you're here for it. Okay, let's go. So the first simple question, how long were you and your ex married for? 19 years. Oh, wow. That's a really yeah, high school. lifetime. Yeah, since we, we went to high school together, majority, the most of my adult life was spent with her. You guys basically grew up together, like I say. We, yeah, we went to high school together. We couldn't stand each other in high school. It's funny how that works, but um, I left for the military, came back a, a bit of a different, more mature person, I'm going to say, and we started dating, and one thing led to another, and, you know, then came the marriage and our first kid. And then, unfortunately, you know, things happened, but, okay, so 19 years, that's a very long time, it's, it's a blessing, it's like I say, um, a lot of times, everything happens for a reason, I know a lot of people hate when I say that but people everything happens for a reason so um how long ago did you guys break up we were actually separated for a lengthy amount of time we actually broke up I'm gonna say about three times total the longest of which was eight months 
I had actually moved out of the house, you know, started trying to form some semblance of a life thinking we were going to divorce, but eventually we reconciled. And we just finally finalized our divorce going on two, I'm going to say two, almost two and a half years now. Oh, wow. And any time throughout that process, did you think, do you think that you stood a little longer due to the kids? I'm going to be absolutely honest and say the majority of the time I stayed was for the kids. I have seen children grow up in a, in a one-parent household or, as they say, co-parenting from two different homes. And it's, it's, it's healthy for some, but not for all. So I really just gutted it out for my kids, for my kids' sake. You know, I mean, my oldest just turned 21. So that was, you know, that was it for me. You're growing around the world, you know. Yeah, I've seen a lot of people stick around for the kids. And a lot of times, like you said, it helps. A lot of times it makes it worse. I know a couple that still to this day, um, their youngest is 22, if I'm not mistaken. And they've been separated for over 10 years. And they live in the same household, but they've stayed together because they wanted to raise their child together. And, you know, the child knew that they weren't together. And in the beginning, she really didn't. She knew, but she didn't know. But as she got older, she realized it. And she respected them for that. You know, she thanked them for sticking it out as long as they could for her. So it did help her. But throughout the years, as they tried and tried, they just couldn't. They would try to get it right, and they couldn't, no matter how much they tried to do it. I, I learned a valuable lesson in and making that decision to be there and do for the kids, I started to lose parts of myself. Yes. You know, it was a, it was a sacrifice that hopefully any parent would make, you know, your emotional well-being come secondary to your children. You know, I mean, during our first separation, my daughter, my second youngest, it took a serious toll on her. She started to have nightmares. She would wake up running through the house looking for me. Oh, wow. She, you know, I put up a separation anxiety and um that you know as a parent that's like oh my god am, am i being selfish am i hurting my kids am i trying to live my life and that's kind of what made me gut it out as long as i did yeah and a lot of people don't believe in the diagnosis that you just mentioned separation anxiety they feel it's not oh, a yeah, thing it's, a it's definitely a thing throughout the it, separation it between my twins father and i both of the twins got diagnosed with that. And at first I was like, separation anxiety. They just missed their dad. It's okay. And no, it got really, really bad. So like you said, a lot of the times we do stay for the kids. But I feel, this is my opinion, people. Once again, you know, everyone is different. I feel that if you stay for the kids, sometimes you're hurting that kid more. Each child is different. You know, each child copes with things differently. Some children are okay, can cope with, you know, their parents separating and things like that, but some kids can't. So if you do stay with your your ex for the kids, in the long run, you're hurting them more because when the time does come and you actually have to separate, they've grown more attached to the, you know, having both parents there. So the longer you're there with them, the harder it is to separate them. So you, you as well as anybody know the bond me and my daughter share. <laughs> I don't make it a, a secret. I play favorites. She's daddy's princess, and I've yeah. got three boys. But as things started to progress, the boys more or less 
uh, whatever, as long as mommy's happy. But my daughter, who's so in tune with me, was realizing that I wasn't happy. Mm-hmm. And as she got older, she, like you said, ki- kids aren't stupid. As parents, we don't give kids enough credit to take emotional temperature of what's going on in their home. They know, they feel. Yep. And um, my daughter saw I wasn't happy. You know, and, and it's like when she turned 18, it was kind of like a breaking point for me when she came to me and was like, Daddy, you know, you don't smile anymore. Mommy walks in the room, you walk out the room. You know, I'm not stupid. You know, and I guess that was like my, okay, you know, maybe it's time to go ahead and pull the trigger. You know, I, I, I rode the train as long as I could for their sake, but it seems to me now they don't need me. Not that they don't need me as a father, but they don't need me to candy coat things. This is what it is. Mother and I are no longer love. We're not happy. You know, and <laughs> my daughter started trying to set me up on dates, <laughs> you know? <laughs> you know? Ooh, daddy, she's cute. Hey, what about that? on my Victoria, you know, but, you know, it just... It, um, we have to give kids credit. They're a lot yes. tougher than we think they are. They're a lot more resilient than we think they are when it comes to emotional stuff. And like, I mean, my boys, my boys, you know, basically, you know, you know what they say in the household, mommy's little man, daddy's princess. Mm-hmm. So when, when things started coming down to the wire in terms of the divorce, like the house was split down the middle, they were up under their mother. My daughter was my shadow. And like, it, it, I'm not going to say it made things easier, but you know, it kind of, made the transition that much more simpler yeah kids pick up on everything and if you're not happy that eventually trickles down to them because if you're not happy any and everything they'll do will aggravate you you're not going to do everything with the same amount of love that you would normally do while you are happy it's like a chore yes so people out there i know you know sometimes you want to make it work for the kids but if you're not trying to make it work for you don't do it to yourself and again, I'll say make it work for you because a lot of times we stay because we feel bad for that other person and we don't want to see them unhappy or we feel that they won't be able to make it without us. But all you're doing is putting your happiness second and theirs first. Sometimes you have to be selfish, especially when it comes to making yourself happy. If you're not happy, you're not able to make anyone else happy, especially your kids. That's, that's a hard lesson for some to learn. I know it was for myself because like you said, it's like I, I felt obligated to a point that, you know, my ex wasn't a very self-sufficient woman. You know, she never learned to drive, you know. Hey, I don't know how to drive. <laughs> oh God, when I got to touch that with a 10 foot pole. But um, there's a lot of things that, you know, I mean, like, you know, we work nights, right? And, yeah. and I never felt safe leaving her home. I mean, the answer was to get a big dog. You know, I mean, the dogs in the house, you know, I, I mean, you know, as well as I do, I'm a, I'm a licensed armed guard, I'm a firearm instructor. I tried to take her to the range so many times to learn, she refused to learn. And it's like, it, it increases that need to be the protector of the family when she refuses to take a hand in it herself. You know, yeah, I get exactly what you mean. When it comes to the yeah, driving, right. I still don't want to learn how to drive people out of fear. But when it comes to doing anything to protect my family, I definitely will. I still want to go to the shooting yeah. range, by the way. I got you, girl. Up. Private female classes. We're going to set that up. Yes. Okay, so the next question is, will you ever remarry and why? Why or why not? Um, I'll never say never. Like but uh, I'm going through like such a serious state of emotional growth that I feel like you can't love someone until you learn to love yourself. 
And I have completely lost sight of loving myself, how to love myself, how to take care of myself. And it's interesting to be learning it all over again, mm-hmm. you know, and, um, you know, I mean, nobody wants to be alone. God didn't make us to be alone. He made us to be paired, you know, but you never know. No, I, that's a 50-50 question. Okay, ladies, you know, I'm going to make sure to put Simpson's picture out there. He's a great man. <laughs> he knows how to cook. He does it all. Yeah. So he's a great catch. You know, we might do a little dating game with you. Mm-hmm. Talk to you. <laughs> talk about that. Okay, the next question is, what did you learn from your previous marriage? Like, any do's and don'ts, that advice that you'll give anyone out there that's probably going through the little transition where they're debating whether should they separate or not? Um, I'm going to take your exact words. Sometimes you have to be a little selfish. I spent the majority of my formative years as a man trying to be that father, that provider, that husband, and in that sense, I never took the time to, to, to formulate me, to know me, to have a self-identity. So all I knew how to be was that father, that husband, that provider. I never explored myself. And when the marriage ends, you're stuck sitting there in limbo, like, okay, who am I? What do I do now? It's like you're scrambling to pick up the pieces. Devote a little time to yourself, be it in a marriage, in a family situation, whatever. You have to have an emotional, a healthy emotional well-being for yourself before you can be the center of anybody's marriage or anybody's family. Um, If you feel that you're losing that or your spouse is not letting you have that, it's time to reconsider the whole marriage because you would think that your spouse more than anybody would want you to have an emotional healthiness about you, a good state of mind. I agree 100%. A lot of times we lose ourselves trying to maintain our relationship we lose focus of our, like you said, of our happiness and focus on making that other person happy. And we lose sight of the bigger picture, which is us. Because at the end of the day, if we don't love ourselves, no one will. You can't love some, you don't, you can't know how to love properly if you don't love yourself. Yeah. And it took me, it was like a lightning bolt for me when it hit me. You know, that, wow, this is what I've been, I haven't been living or loving, I've just been existing. Especially sure. once, once, the marriage ended, it's like I stuck my head in the thing. I was living work, 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 16 hours a day, come home, do it all over again. No social life, friends worrying about me, family worrying about me. And it's like, I, I, I had a wake up call in the form of a person, but it's a good thing that I did wake up. Yeah, you did. And you're doing amazingly great. You just came back from a vacation. First one in 16 years out of the country. You hear this, people? And I went by myself. He was married for 19 and first one in 16 years. That you can't. That can't happen. It's crazy. It's like as many times. I mean, my ex. She's from Puerto Rico. She has family in Puerto Rico. As much as I wanted to go, as many times as I wanted to go, it never seemed to happen. I mean, anybody with kids will tell you a family vacation is an easy thing to plan. But um. You got to make the effort. You got to make the time. Yes. You know, you have to. I mean, I was in such a state of shock when I got to Mexico that it's like the first day I was walking around in a circle because I didn't know what to do. And I said, why the hell do I have to do anything? Mm-hmm. Let me sit on the beach and drink. Mm-hmm. I don't got to get up to work in the morning, you know? This might but, sound um, yeah, horrible, but I'm about to say. Um, two years ago, I went on vacation for my sister's 40th birthday. We went to Miami, a girl's trip. I love Miami. I can go to Miami every year. I would not get tired of it. 
it brings me back to when I was young and the way I enjoyed my life. Miami makes me relive that all over again. Call it ratchet, call it what you want it, whatever. <laughs> it takes me to a place where I was extremely happy. And when it was time to leave Miami, we're all in the hotel at the lobby saying bye to each other. And I start crying. My sister's like, Barbie, why are you crying? I was like, I don't want to go home. I don't want to get up to make breakfast. I don't want to do homework. I don't want... Listen, and I love my children to death. I with my children 24-7. But it just opened my eyes and it showed me like, you know, damn, I really need this. This is much needed. The same way we, right get, we get a sitter to go to work. We get a sitter to work overtime. We get a sitter to do anything that brings money. Take that same effort and get a sitter to give you some time to yourself to bring some more happiness into your life. We have to do it. It's it's needed. I mean, look, I can, I can relate, girl. I was the only person in Mexico hoping for a positive COVID test so I couldn't leave the country, okay? <laughs> <laughs> okay, I was trying to stay. I can definitely relate to that. It's like the reality sets on you when you get on that plane and you're going back to that life. But, um, like, in my in my case, I, I, I took that energy that I gathered. That's like what I called it. I recharged my batteries while I was out there. So I brought that energy and I positivity. And I'm trying to keep it going. I mean, I've been back for about three days. Uh, you know how it is at the job. I've done three doubles since I've been back. Oh, but wow. it's like, I'm trying to keep that positive energy going. And just, you know, I'm good. I'm happy. I'm not going to let it drain. I'm going to keep try, my core momentum. Don't try. Yeah, so definitely. Trying, yeah. Somebody just told me today, when you try, you set yourself up for failure. Mm -hmm. and that's, that's, a, that's a true fact. Yeah. But it's like, you know, I got back. I got back on my diet routine. I started back exercising. You know, I mean, I'm... I'm devoting more time to my business you know because while i was out there i had so much time to think and just like decompress and put energy where it needed to go yes when it comes to the whole dieting thing i just started again so i might need um some pointers on the gym because i when i walk into a gym i feel clueless it's like, um, which way do I go, George? What do I do with this? <laughs> what do I? And I feel dumb reading the machine. So it's like, I don't. I know to start off, I need to do cardio and stuff. But I'm gonna hit you up after this, and you can give me some pointers because so you look amazing. Let me tell you on the gym, girl. You and my man Dino that we used to work with, right? Yeah. So he he, he has a gym. He has an MMA gym, and um, I went in there. I went in there motivated. I went in there to get it done, and my forty-something-year-old ass was in there with twenty-something, and it frustrated me. And you know what I did? I put a gym on my patio. I spent some money. I bought my own equipment. I come home. I go on my patio. I work out for 30 minutes to an hour. It's my space. I work out at my pace. No judgment. Nobody around you. And you feel good. You feel good. For some of us, I mean, I'm ashamed to say, yes, I served in the armed forces and I completely lost all motivation for PT and exercise. But it's, it feels good to find it again. When you find it on your own pace, like, the hell with the, the gym because there's always 20 guys in the gym. Oh, you're doing it wrong. Oh, you're doing that wrong. Yes. The judgmental look. There's nothing, nothing's better than just the music and your workout at home. It's the best thing going. Okay, so I'm gonna start. I don't care if I, if I do a double, if I do a double, I come home, I put on my headphones, and I do a 30 minute workout on the patio. At least I accomplished something. You know, yeah, I made something is always time. better than nothing. Yes. I yes. say that all the time. Okay, so I'm gonna get there. I'm gonna, guys, I'll be sharing my results with you. I really Whenever have you to ready, stick girl, to it. I, 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 I got you. And you know what? It's, again, it's, it didn't, it didn't happen overnight. It was like an epiphany that, yo, 
I mean, as you know, I've, I've had my health issues over the years and yeah. the weight really contributed to it and like stress, the weight and the stress of what I was going through at home, what I was going through at work, again, not loving myself, it contributed to it. And like this newer, healthier me is like adding gears to my life. I'm, I'm discovering joys in life that I didn't know I had when I was married. You know, it's like the sex other person. If it takes them away from the marriage to find a little person, that was the best thing I ever did. Okay, so to talk about the weight a little when it comes to marriage, because a lot of people say when we are happy, we gain that happy weight. Would you call it happy weight or the stress weight? I was stress eating. I was stress eating. You remember how we used to eat on the midnight? Oh, yeah. White Castle Run, Chicken, Burger King, you name it, we did it. But Mm -hmm. I was stress eating. Uh, Food was a coping mechanism. You know, I mean, I, I was married to a Latino woman, so you can imagine the food that she made at home. It was the absolute opposite of what I mean. Yeah, I was eating good. It was it wasn't helping me health wise, but I was eating good. And as you said, I cooked myself. You know, so I just all the wrong decisions were made. But um, oh that you, you gain weight because you're happy. For some people, yes, it is the case. But for a lot of people, the weight is a result of stress eating which is a coping mechanism that a lot of people pick up and don't even realize they have. Yeah, I agree. And also with the gaining weight when you're happy, I feel it's more of when you reach the point in your relationship where you're comfortable, comfortable to the point where you don't feel like that other person is going to go anywhere. So whether you gain weight, they're still going to be there. Start putting the effort. Yeah. Yeah. You you know, um, you slack a little because, oh, I got him. He ain't yeah. going nowhere. Yeah, I, I mean, I've always been a big person. I've never been a small person, but I was, I was really fit at one point in my life. And um, you're right. When you get comfortable in a marriage, eh, I need to work out. You know, like you said, she ain't looking at nobody else. You know, but it, it, it's a fact that you're more concerned about that other person's opinion on well-being than your own, your own house. How about yes. are you happy with the weight? Are you happy with the weight? Yep, it goes That's back really to us caring more about the other person than caring for ourselves the way we're supposed to. It all goes back to that people's self-love. Okay, um, when it's a it comes, yeah, it's a huge factor. When it comes to the healing process, let's discuss that a little bit. How did that work out for you? So, uh, I had help. <laughs> I had a significant amount of help with that. It was uh, you know, they say people come into your life for the right reasons at the right time. And uh, I, uh, I guess I'm gonna call her a friend. We were acquaintances. We were friends. We were coworkers, and um, never ever held more than a five ten minute conversation. And um, out of the blue, one day, you know, we started talking and uh, over lunch actually. And um, she was very, she was a very non judgmental person. Okay. And um, there are people who have the ability to give you the truth without sugarcoating it, but make it palatable. They're not, they're not, you know, just, uh, they just, they make, they tell you what you need to hear, but with the truth, you know, yes. you know, and she, she did that for me. She did that for me in a big way. She pointed out the fact that I wasn't living a life. I wasn't taking care of myself physically. If there's 25 hours in a day, I spent 16 in my uniform. I can't remember one of the last time I went out and bought some decent clothes for myself, you know? Mm-hmm. 
as things progressed, she started coming by the house. She took one look at my house and was like, oh my God, it's a crack den. <laughs> you know, and um, she, um, I know you're a single man. Oh my God, why are you living like this? And, you know, she, she took the time to, you know, help me put my house back in order, you know, from end to end. And in doing so, she started helping me put myself back in order. And um, your friends and your family will love you, but some of them will love you too much that they don't want to hurt you and tell you what you need to hear. Yeah. And um, this person, she was she was that for me, you know. She was that for me in a big way. And um, I took like like when she tells me all the time, you know, the gas was in me to burn. I was just sparked the light for it. Okay. okay. Like I said, everything happens for a reason. But go ahead. <laughs> happens for a reason. And um, yeah. And you know, so as things progressed, things started progressing kind of fast. And um, again, her being the kind of person she is, she was like, look, I don't, you know. She, her, her words, she said, I'm still a, I'm still an emotionally raw person. That's what she, she told me I was. I didn't understand it at the time because I thought enough time had passed between my divorce and, you know, my separation that I was ready for something. But in reality, I still needed to find work to do in me, you know. And, um, you know, we put things in neutral. We're still friends to this day. We're still very good friends, you know. And, and I feel coming out of a divorce, you need that person hope with the healing process because you're lost you may think you have a handle on it you may think you're, you're living a life but you're not you're lost because you just lost a major part of your identity you went from being a husband or whatever the case may be to just you and that's a big transition for anybody yeah especially when you have this vision and you know you're focused on your life making that vision come true and then for it to disappear from one day to another it is a hard thing to go through alone okay when you say need that person not to get too deep into your business, but was she just that person to be there for you and guide you? Or and or was it something, you know how they say the best way to get over someone is to get under someone else? Was it a little bit of both? In that, in that sense, I'm going to say, I mean, you know me. Everything, I, I've always been a respectful dude. Mm-hmm. I never try to feel like you know i don't i don't use women as objects i don't pressure women anything like that but um before there was even a sexual component to our relationship i thank god that we had that strong friendship you know to to build on because Mm -hmm. like i said more than anything she was that she was that light bulb for me like there was days that i wouldn't get to see the kids because of the work or you know the ex on her bullshit and i would get dark you know, yeah. I would get dark and she would get up, snap out of it, get dressed. We're going out, you know, mm-hmm. she has kids of her own. Like I started to develop a relationship with her kids through the course of the friendship and then into the beginning of the relationship. And it's like, um, it wasn't, don't get me wrong, we're all human. So there's a sexual component to everything for everybody. <laughs> yeah. But it was, it was more but, than um, just a sexual relationship, which is what I'm yeah, trying to Yeah, no, get at. no, definitely yeah, no, definitely. It wasn't the get over, get under the get over thing. It was, uh, it was definitely she. Um, you know, I mean, like I said, you go from being, you go from being a, a thing to just being you. You know, and it's, and it's, it was a hard transition to understand. Even though I was separated for quite some time, I mean, I was, I don't know how many people say this, but I was separated. But I would spend more time at at, her, at the house with her and the kids than I would at my own home. Yeah, you know, I had my own place, but I, I would get up for work, go over there, make sure everybody's home from school. Yo, you got practice, you got dance, 
let's help me with your homework. And then I would turn around and leave 7 30, 8 o'clock, go home, get a shower, and get up and get ready for work. Because you were still you know? attached. Still attached it, is, it. it is hard. I, I don't care what anybody says. Going from living in a house with people to going to living on your own is a hard transition. Yes, especially when and, you have uh, a big family. Yes, is I mean hell. I I even miss the dog. Okay, I have joint custody of the dog. I get the dog every dog? other week. I have a dog you know? that I'm trying to get rid of. What kind? How big is it? It's a cockroach. We'll talk later. We'll talk later. We'll talk later. But um, yeah, it's just um, it it was a it was definitely a healing process that I wouldn't advise anybody to go through alone because. You need somebody on the outside looking in to give you that, hey, you're doing, yes. you know, you're doing this for yourself. You're not doing that for yourself. That's like friends and family, they love you. So they're not gonna give you what you need to hear. They're gonna yep. they're gonna cuddle you, they're gonna you know, but that you know, I, I really I mean, granted things I'm not gonna say things ended the way they did, but you know, we transitioned back into a friendship. But I thank God for every day because Barbie, I was I was on my way out. You don't know. I mean, I was like 16 hours a day, four or five days in a row, I would come home, put on a fresh uniform, and keep it pushing. I can't remember the last thing I did for fun that didn't involve taking the kids somewhere or doing something with one of the kids, you know? Yeah. And it's true what you say. Um, I always say the best advice comes from someone who doesn't know, who doesn't really know much about what's going on, that their advice won't be biased. So they can give you advice based on, you know, the basics that you tell them. And they can give you advice based on things that they've gone through and so forth and so on. Because a lot of times your family, you know, they want to see us together with our ex and this and this and that. So, listen, I get that a lot of times. My mom would be like, Barbie is better. Better the, the devil that you know than the one you don't know. Or, you know, <laughs> oh, you God. introducing someone new to the kids. Why not just try to make it work? Yeah, I know he has his faults, but this is good and this. No. It's if you let something go and deep down inside you feel that's best for you, don't go back because you feel bad or your family feels that you should go back. Go back because it's something that you want to do and deep down inside you know it's the right thing to do. And, and you know, if you're, in terms of somebody new around the kids, if your family can't trust your judgment as a good parent, then let them mind their business because we all know when it comes to, I, I mean, I, I would lay down my life on my so I'd be damned to fight anybody into their life who I think is temporary or a flash in the pan, not going to be a, a permanent fixture. And um, it, it's funny, this, this this woman and my daughter hit it off. They still speak, which which upsets my ex. But hey, my daughter's 18. She's not a baby, you know? She's grown. But um, it's, it's, it's my daughter saw how good she was for me. She saw the transition in me. And it made, it made her life a little more, wow, you're good for my dad, you're helping my dad, you care about my dad, you mm-hmm. know? And it just, your, your, your kids want to see you happy. Yep, and your kids, kids know. They, they, they have like They know, like sense. I said, they, they're, yeah, yeah, yeah. They know when yeah, my, my daughter says stupid. She used to say, I like it when she comes around, you sparkle. What the hell do you mean oh. I sparkle? <laughs> Don't start. <laughs> Yeah, I'm like, all right, sorry, I get it, I get it. But, um, you know, it just, your kids want to see you happy. They want the best for you like you want for them. So. Yes. So I know you're talking past tense. So that means you, that relationship no longer exists in that form. It's, um, we downgraded back to a friendship, okay. which is exactly what I need right now. 
in terms of, you know, I mean, um, the the physical aspect may come every now and again, but we understand, you know, there's we have an there's bound people. Yeah, we have we have an understanding. You know, there's, there's, this is what it is. But um, no, I mean, things are moving very fast. I mean, and I caught myself trying to fall back into that comfortable role of husband, provider, this, that, and the third. Okay. But yet, I've got this independent woman who's been doing it on her own for years and trying to make me understand, yo, I like that you want to do that for me, but I don't need you to do that for me. And know? I'm sure it feels good it, for you not to have to go above you. and beyond. Um, for the first time, I'm not going to ever take away from my ex and say she didn't keep a good home in terms of me and the kids. But for a long time, I went without somebody taking care of me, the basics for me. You know, I mean, I my daughter spends a lot of time with me. If there's seven days in a week, she's there five. So I'm trying to juggle the single dad routine. Of course, I'm feeding her the fast food because of the hours that I work. You know, and um, mm -hmm. this person, she has children of her own, but she would always make sure, hey, I'm, I'm cooking one day. I'm making enough food for you to take home for you and Victoria. You know, you got to feed that girl better. You know, I better not come over there and find laundry. You know what I'm saying? She, it's the little she things. She maintained her household. The little things that I wasn't in. And it's like, oh, my God. I was head over heels. Like, this is what it feels like to be taken care of again by a woman. You know, but it's it's the little things. And it's like, um, I we still have that to an extent. You know, but more than anything, we have a friendship. She knows she can call on me. I know day or night, if I need to pick up the phone, I can call on her. Right? Like, I mean, I just... I recently um, almost lost a family member, my arm stroke, and uh, I got the call while I was at work, and um, like I, I went into a panic. You know, it's like me and, my, me and my aunt are very close. She's damn like a mother to me, and um, I, I I didn't know whether to go left or right. But you know, she tapped me walking down the hall. She saw me. She pulled me into a room. She pulled me together. You know, breathe, do what you gotta do, now go. I would hate to think what would happen if she wasn't there. For that's yeah, why I say you, everybody needs that one person. She keeps you grounded. Yeah, and yeah, in more ways than one. It's like if she wasn't there, who knows, you know, how I would have. But you know, like I said, and it's and, and I thank God more than anything, she's a friend. I have I have I can call her a real friend. You know? And it's amazing that you guys sat down, saw that things were going fast, decided to slow it down, and the friendship did not mess up in any way. That's a true a misbeat. Yeah. That's a real friend. Okay, so to close out, any advice, any red flags that you did see towards the ending of your marriage and you ignored that you might want to let people know that they should look out for? So let's talk about the $50 million question that ends most marriages. Was there cheating? Was there infidelity? And uh, after so many years, you don't want to believe it. You refuse to see the sign, and um, oh no, not me! No, who, what the hell? Why would she go cheat? You know, this, that, and the third. And um, it's 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 something that you can fool yourself. You can lie to yourself just as easily as somebody else can lie, to you and make yourself believe what you know not to be true. If it walks like a duck, it quacks like a duck, it's a duck. People trust your instincts, trust what you feel. If something feels wrong, question it. Question it strong and just have faith in yourself to know what you think you know. I mean, it's, it's, 
I mean, I mean, yeah, there, there was infidelity. You know, she did cheat. You know, I, I did. She did finally admit to it after the divorce was said and done. And um, I knew, but I just didn't want to admit it to myself. A lot of the times, you know, you know, I didn't want to believe. Yeah, I didn't want to believe. You know, here I am. I'm still even away 16 hours a day. You know, got a, a roof over your head. You know, no want for nothing. Why would? What reason did you need to cheat? You know, that's something only she could answer. Mm -hmm. I, I, and honestly, her answer, her answer isn't for me. You know, her answer isn't for me. I mean, was I always an angel through the whole marriage? No, but I never, I never once, you know, violated my marriage vows. But no, it just, it, it's trust your instincts, people. If you have a reason to question, question, because that one question will lead to another one, will lead to another one, and before you know it, you stand in front of the judge yourself signing papers. Yeah, and my advice to you guys is. When it comes to being in a relationship, being in a marriage, even a situationship, if you're doing it for you, go for it. If you're doing it to please the other person and make that other person happy, don't do it. Be selfish. Put your feelings first. You come first. If you don't love yourself, if you're not filled with self-love, there's no way you're going to be able to make anyone else happy. So why even half-ass it and give that person half of you or one-fourth of you and, you know, just ruin it later on. So if you're not doing it for yourself, if you're, sorry, so if you're not doing it, yeah, I said it right the first time. If you're not doing it for yourself, don't do, do it. For yourself, yeah. Mm -hmm. no, I, I love your line. You're right. It's, you, there comes a point in life where you need to be a little selfish. You need to give yourself that self-love. It's like, if my, my father used to have the saying, he's like, you know, if you come home and there's only one piece of food in the house, who are you going to feed? Who are your kids? He said, you're going to feed your kids, but make sure you eat enough for yourself to go out there and have the energy to provide more for your kids. Yeah. And I guess that's the same thing with emotional energy. You have to give yourself a certain amount of emotional energy to be healthy mm -hmm. and do for yourself. Yep, I agree. Simpson, thank you so, so much. Thank you for coming on here and being on here and being so transparent and open and allowing me to ask you my 21 questions. But I'm sure, like you said from the beginning, all these questions or these answers are going to help someone who might be going through the same thing that you went through. And that's, that's if I wish I had, uh, um, there's tons of books out there for it, but nothing's better than hearing it from somebody who's walked in the shoes and, and made the decisions you're facing. And going down the road, you're going down. So if I can help anybody, by the grace of God, that's just what I want to do. I want to make their transition easier. Yes, I agree. And guys, if there's ever any other questions that you have regarding divorce or anything that we discussed and you want a little more information on, just shoot me a DM and I'll reach out to Simpson and we'll have him back on here and do a part two. Dare to be touched? Here's the quote of the day. Okay, so this week's quote is, divorce isn't such a tragedy. A tragedy is staying in an unhappy marriage, teaching your children the wrong things about love. Nobody ever died after a divorce. Listen, guys, you know, sometimes you get married, it doesn't work out. Don't stay with someone just because, you know, you guys spend that money into getting married and, you know, the family was there. The aunts and uncles traveled and came to be a part of it and you want to prove something to someone you have nothing to prove to no one if you're unhappy you know do what you got to do to make yourself happy 
just because a certain chapter in your life ended doesn't mean that nothing is coming after. Don't let your hurt from the divorce stop you from moving forward. Embrace that new chapter that lies ahead with your arms wide open because, like I always say, everything happens for a reason. What you looking at me? You have anything to add? You know better than to take advice from me. Go ahead, talk. We want to hear it. Nah, that's it. That's amen. So we on a roll today, like Amen. Okay, see, we're doing good today, and I'm so surprised. It's it's crazy. I wish you guys could see my face. Amen. All right. So on that note, please subscribe, rate, and follow Barbie on IG at let underscore me underscore touch underscore you. Facebook at Let Me Touch You Podcast. Twitter at Let Me Touch You Three. And on YouTube at Let Me Touch You Podcast. Want to be featured on Let's Connect? Simply call 929-359-3229 and leave Barbie a message. Your message will be on an upcoming episode. Thank you for the continued support. See you next week. Stay safe. Stay blessed.